You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 76, the Bicentennial Edition. Yes, the Liv birthday, birth year edition. Yeah, the Liv birth year edition. <laughs> I, um, your brother is 74? Yeah, he's 40. All right. You're 76. I'm 73, but I think your brother and I are in the same grade. Yes. Too. And then Even you, though he technically... He should have been held back a grade because he was born so damn late, but they didn't automatically do that back then. Okay. Because he's right. November 30th, you know? Oh, a whole year younger than me. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why you're in that class, right? I got, yes, I got held back because I was born Yeah. Uh, See, November of 73, but the cutoff in Jersey is uh, September. See, Louisiana didn't have that rule back then. Oh, they have man. it now. They've been having it probably for like 30 years now. So he didn't drive until uh, s- November of his... Se- oh, well, yeah. I don't know. What's the driving age down there? Uh, it was probably 16, I guess. So that would... Mo- but most kids yeah. were driving them when they were sophomores. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But more importantly, it sucked because he was always way younger than everybody else in your grade. Yeah, right. So his buddies were driving sophomore year. Yeah. He wasn't driving until senior year. I mean, uh, so, uh, junior year. Yeah. But, I mean, my mom always regrets that because he was kind of about, not about driving, but about <laughs> his pace in school, you know, because he wasn't the greatest student. And she thinks that had he been held back a year, it probably would have helped. Yeah. I um, I was held back or missed the cutoff. Jillian missed the cutoff. Jeremy was held back. He made the cutoff, but like just barely. So my yeah. parents held him back. Josh was the only one who was kind of on schedule because his birthday's in April. Okay, yeah, seventy six. But um, I it benefited me. I was definitely smarter than yeah. the kids in my class. Not because I was more intelligent. I think just because I was a little more mature. Yeah, and like I had a little stronger work ethic. Well, and that's the problem with being younger. It's like, especially when you're at the younger ages where development happens differently, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like you're kind of a little behind the kids who were born. I mean, because at those ages, developments happen in leaps leaps and bounds. Right. So, like, when you're six, a kid that's eight months older than you is pretty much further ahead of you developmentally, you know? The one exception, and maybe it was because she was a girl, or she—I guess she still is a girl. Yes, uh, is was a girl. I, I had a uh, a high school girlfriend. She was actually an elementary school friend. Uh, okay. And she was my high school girlfriend. If you ask anybody uh, of eleven oh six lineage um, about Mandy, she's probably she's probably just a tick under Jody. <laughs> Jody. In terms of, uh, you know, in terms of of uh, of love and lore, because uh, she was my girlfriend in high school, and she stayed my girlfriend until uh, uh, like the many year. loves of Matthew DeSantis, <laughs> the three loves of Matthew DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So uh, she was a full year younger than I was. Um, she was November of 74, just like your brother. And she yeah, was okay. in the same grade, but she was super smart. I think she was like um, gifted. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like had high intelligence. So Yeah, I mean, not that people can't be, you know. I think, you know, I don't think it, but generally it helps to to uh to be held back at that point yeah uh you were kind of like right in the middle yeah i mean i have the perfect birth date i was born right in the middle of the year yeah. july 17th yeah, yeah 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 that um that can go either way i can go either way i know some some folks um who you know are just kind of right in the middle in terms of you know aptitude or, or skill um, I don't want to say intelligence because as an adult, like how do you measure? How do you measure? Well, plus intelligence? intelligence is something that's in that's something that you're born with. In my opinion, that's not something you learn, right? You know, because you have a skill set that uh, that I I can't duplicate. You know oh, what yeah? I mean? I, oh yeah, that's true, man. I'm, I admire uh, this particular skill set of yours. Uh, your your memory. Uh, yeah, is. But that's- I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> See, if, if, you, if you were to line you and I up, yeah, know, it, w- it wouldn't be much of a lineup, I guess. If you were to stand <laughs> you and I next to each other, yeah. <laughs> I would hope that almost anybody that knows us wouldn't be able to say, oh, that one's the idiot. You know? No, I don't think anybody would say it. We have different strengths. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not that one's smarter than the other. It's just that we're different. Right. But the skill set that you have, I marvel at because I don't have a very good memory. Uh, and when it comes to um, facts or um, historical recollection, yeah, I'm almost null. I can't, I can't carry on a conversation. Uh when it comes to those type of of um, subjects, but I am a super diligent learner, so yeah. like I pick shit up. Like, uh, what was I listening to today? I was listening to a podcast on um, on the revolution, uh, the GM, the whatever, the Jack Smith. Um, what was his name? Who was the Jack big... Jack Welch? Jack Welch. From GE? The, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, then it was a guy named Jack Smith. It was a General Motors back in the, I want to say, 80s. Oh, uh, this is it. Roger Smith? Mm. The one that Roger and me was made about? No, 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 no. It was when um, Chevy... His name's Jack Smith? There was a guy named Jack Smith. Okay. <laughs> See? My memory sucks. <laughs> Case in point. But <laughs> what it was about was um, was about how Chevy uh, had a strategic partnership with Toyota and was able to introduce the Japanese model of car manufacture to the U.S. And they had this co-op with Chevy and they, they, they built the Chevy Nova. And basically what it did was tear down... What's his um, name? John F. Smith. 
John, John F. Jack Smith Jr. Jack Smith. There you go. Yep, yep. there it is. That was him. It's Wikipedia but page. He tried to implement the same strategy at GM, and it didn't work. And it was fascinating why it didn't work. And I'm not, I've already bored people enough. But let me guess, it involves the union somehow. Well, that was the that was the the curious thing was that Chevy was able to overcome the union bias. He's the non-executive chairman of the board of directors of Delta Airlines now. Oh, he's still around? Yeah, he was born in 1938. He's 77. Jeez, man. From God 1996 bless him. to 2003, Smith was chairman of the board of directors of General Motors and was that company's CEO from 1992 to 2000. He was born oh, in wow. Worcester. Worcester. He, he joined That's a twenty five. What's that? That's a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, dollar twenty-five, please. Dollar <laughs> twenty-five. Willie, really? isn't that the same price your mother charges for a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> he joined General Motors as a payroll auditor in nineteen sixty-one, moving to his financial group in New York City in nineteen sixty-six. All right, we don't need to go all into this. Get to the crux of. Uh, yeah. So that that yeah. I mean, I spent an hour and a half today um, absorbing that. Material and it's not necessarily cocktail party fodder, but yeah. you know it's it's a knowledge base that I have. I'm going to remember. It. I'm not going to remember any of the names or any of the players, but the theory that they implemented was interesting enough to me um, that I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to recall that, and um, it's just a different it's a different skill set, and I, I I don't necessarily know how valuable it is because I'm. I'm just armed with a bunch of, you know, it, what turns out to really be useless, impractical theory that I'm never going to use. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and none of the facts. Used to tell me, you know, like Fredo used to always say, "Be like useless knowledge." I'd be like, "Well, it's better than having no knowledge." <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think it's. I think it is useful knowledge. I think I do, I do think it's useful knowledge because I think it it impresses chicks. Well, I don't think it's useless, <laughs> but that's what everybody. You know, if Fredo's listening to this, I know he is, and I know he'll he'll remember that. He used to always say, oh, Mr. King of useless knowledge. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, uh, I don't want to get off uh, off a topic, or maybe it's time. What to is the topic? Topic. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and thanks for downloading. <laughs> uh, but now that Fredo's come up, and I knew, I cer- most certainly knew that he would, so I didn't have to write it down. Um I have an apology to make. Okay. Um, I let Fredo down today. Oh, what'd you do? And and I, if I can't share this, you tell me um, to, that I can't share it, and you and I'll cut it out. But well, you, uh, if you can't share, it, you have to cut it out. You got to cut it out before we have this conversation about whether you can share. It or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we'll have the conversation. Just leave him wondering what the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> we'll have the conversation, and you tell me if I cut it out, and then I right. can cut the whole thing out. But a couple of weeks ago, I think um, you had paid me. Uh, uh, I don't want to say a compliment. You 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 were the proxy of a Fredo uh, of a Fredo compliment, or you relayed to me some really nice sentiments. Um, okay. That that Fredo had bestowed upon you, and it had to do with working out and um and running the half marathon and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, you remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, I think that's. Yeah, about uh, how you inspired Fredo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, I. I have just enough of an ego 
to 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 need that type of reinforcement. Do you know what I mean? To kind yeah. of relish in that type of reinforcement. But I also have a corresponding amount of insecurity <laughs> that I need to hear that type of reinforcement. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so that was that was um, that was meaningful when 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 you had you know when you had conveyed that because for once once me I don't want to say I don't want to get because uh, uh, I'm prone to hyperbole but and this might be a little bit of of puffery but for for the first time in a long time the running thing was something I was doing for the sake of personal accomplishment not positive accolade yeah yeah. So, um, I did it. I felt awesome about it. I was super psyched. But the fact that it had a positive impact on somebody was was cool. It yeah. Meant that you know, I, I kind of touched somebody somehow. I'm really and, waiting to the part that yeah it might be offensive. That's what I'm <laughs> curious. Oh, oh no, that was it. I didn't. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't know if that conversation you had with him was in confidence. Oh, it was, I, I don't think it would be a big deal if I told you that. Okay, all right. I thought you were going to be, you know, oh, he said he was inspired by me. Then I saw pictures of Fredo, and he's a he's a lazy fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to no, be no. like, man, Sanders, you're cruel. <laughs> no, no, quite the opposite. At, at no. every point in one of my training runs, because I'm, I'm running um, a half marathon in September. Or I'm training for a half marathon in September. And I'm doing a lot better this time. Um, last time I had all kinds of feet problems and ankle problems. I didn't stretch correctly. Now it's just I'm slow. I, I do it. I feel pretty good. But I'm really, really slow. Yeah. But at some point during my run, I have two declarations. The first one is about 10 minutes in. And I say out loud, I'm going to have to tell my sister I can't do this. Because <laughs> she's she and my brother-in-law are gonna run it uh, with me, so that's right around the ten-minute mark, which is the hump. Believe it or not, even if you're running for an hour and a half, like as long as you get through the first ten minutes, you can you can kind of break through. Yeah. And the second point comes around the hour mark because I'm up to running eight or nine miles now, so they're pretty hefty runs. Yeah. And at some point in the run, about an hour in, which for a normal person should wrap up like a six or eight mile run. For me, it's about a halfway uh, point of a nine mile run. Somewhere about that hour mark, I go, I can't do this anymore. And then I say out loud, I can. I can do it for Fredo. <laughs> Fredo's dependent <laughs> on me to do it. And it, it, it puts me over the top without, uh, you know, without humorous intent here. It, yeah. Like, it really does because it had such an impact that... Well, I'm sure Fredo will be glad to know of the reciprocal appreciation. Well, here's where I let him down and here's where my apology has to come in. Uh, right. Oh, I, I totally shit the bed on my uh, nine-mile run today. It was the first run in this training uh, session, which is already... What'd you do? Throw in the towel? Uh, I went about just about three miles, and I just I said I can't do it anymore. Couldn't even do it for Fredo. I couldn't even do it for Fredo. <laughs> I couldn't even do it for Fredo. As a matter of fact... You hear that, Fredo? He let you down, man. He let you down. 
I didn't get e- I didn't even get to the point where I was only halfway to the point where I would say I can do it. I can do it for Fredo. Yeah, yeah. You never got to that point. I never so got to that point. You were letting other people down before you let Fredo down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I turned around and on the walk back to my car, I I muttered I let Fredo down. <laughs> I let Fredo down. So, um, apologies to Fredo. And I well, regardless, to... I'm glad Fredo would know. With um, I'm sure Fredo would be glad to know that. Uh, vice versa, he inspires you now. He does. Based he off does. of your uh, narcissistic need to be <laughs> praised <laughs> <laughs> and, and admired, my, and my deep, uh, my deep-seated insecurities yes. to be wanted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the um, well, I have to, I have to uh, cater to Fredo because he's our last. Uh, remaining listener because um you have successfully alienated uh jeremy uh from our listener base uh did i yes i got a text from him the other day and it said um (laughs) he sent me a picture of his new house (laughs) and i said oh great it looks good i saw the pictures the other day and he said, well, I was going to ask you to stop by on your road trip to the Poconos, but after your most recent Two Sorry Excuses episode, Liv is not welcome in my home. <laughs> <laughs> I will assume he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out because he is um, hes going to be back here tomorrow with um, with the kids. They're staying over. I guess over the, overnight because they move into their house on Wednesday. Knowing that he's a, a DeSantis, I'm sure he was laughing the whole time. <laughs> he's the one I would worry about. He's yeah. the one I'd worry about because Josh has a very, uh, ha- he's got a big sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, I know Josh. I, I personally haven't met Jeremy. Probably but I have more... a hard time believing any DeSantis is, takes himself too seriously. Oh, that's true. That's true. But if there would be one, he would be the one who's in danger. So I'll fill out the situation and then, uh, and then I will let you know. But worst case scenario, you can sit in the car and I can bring your buddy in. Yeah. And uh, they'll have dinner for us. I think the bigger humor is the fact that I don't even know him and I'm talking smack about him. <laughs> <laughs> this is non existent rivalry we have. Uh, then I've got one more uh, little just piece of DeSantis uh, news and notes, and then we can kind of move on to bigger and better things. I was, uh, I don't know what I was doing. I came home from a run, or I was getting ready to go to the gym, or my dad had just gotten home from the gym, and he, you know, he was kind of breaking his workout down for me. And he's, <laughs> which I'm sure you were psyched to hear. <laughs> well, I was at this point because um, a 70 year old man breaking down his workout to you. Uh-huh. He says, "Well, that's okay." So that's the interesting thing is that I forget how old my dad is. To him, to me, he's 65, but I'm pretty sure he's either 67 or 68. Okay. Um, and he was telling me. Oh, no, no, no. I was telling him a story, and I forget exactly what it was about, but he had the gym clothes on, so we started to talk about the gym, and I go, oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, Liv's dad um, Liv's dad goes to the gym, and I started talking about, you know, um, 
about his workout routine, and then I got to the dips. Yes. And I started, I started laughing, and I go, I don't exactly know how old Liv's dad is, but I know he's got older son, so he's probably about ten years older than you, Dad. Uh, what's your dad? Late seventies? Seventy-five. Okay. Yeah. So he's, um, yeah, he's just a. Your oldest brother is ten years older than you. No, twelve and a half. Yeah, nineteen sixty-four. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but that's roughly, roughly the same. Um, he's. 64, you said? My dad's 75. No, oh, no, no, 1964, no. yes. The 64. oldest brother was born January 1964. Got it. So well, my dad ten... was 23. Got it. So that's about 10 years older yeah. than me. So anyway, regardless, uh, you know, we're, we're talking and I get to the story on the dips. And I said, so I, uh, I asked Liv, you know, why, why does he still do dips? And my dad chimes in with... So I can prove I can, and I and I said, "What? You also do dips?" And he goes, "Yeah." Do. Oh, he does them too. He does them too. It's crazy. <laughs> My mom's like, "Why are you doing these? Like, what's the point of doing them at that age?" And yeah. it's just yes to prove you can, to aka I- to show off. That's exactly exactly yes. what my dad said. Yep. And then he drops into you know, and then we go down all the other feats of strength the pull-ups that he can do and the push-ups that he can do and the you know modified box jumps and all the other things that you know 60 something year old men aren't supposed to be able to do i know my dad doesn't do this anymore of course it might not surprise me if he does but he used to you know probably even the last 20 years he used to do upside down sit-ups where he would hang from the bar and do (laughs) sit-ups you know just i don't know is he like a um what was the uh who what was the family from Seinfeld with uh Oh with, the with Mendels- Lloyd Bridges? Was it the Mendelssohns? Yeah, I think so. It was Lloyd Bridges played the old man. Yeah. The old man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like number one grandpa, whatever. Right. Number right. one dad. <laughs> he gets offended by a stupid t shirt or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I guess so. I don't know, man. Pretty uh, nuts doing all that fine. stuff because I wouldn't be doing that stuff at 39, much less 69, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, God bless him. Yep. But uh, but that's all I got. I am uh, I am uh, spent and empty today, but I know that you have, uh, you have some tales from the road. Yeah, I mean, not really. Oh, oh yeah, well, let me think. I did have something. Last week I drove... Six and a half hours each way to go to a damn wedding in Florence, Alabama. That was quite an adventure, but nothing so, really too crazy happened there. Well, I can tell you something funny about w- that. Was that um, law school buddy? Yeah, that was a friend of mine from law school who lives here, who married a guy. She's from this small town, Alabama. Florence is actually the hometown of Helen Keller. And it's also where the Muscle Shoals recording studio is, which is a tiny little shack. But apparently there's a secondary studio, too. But the one, the primary one, is a tiny little shack. And I went in there. You pay five bucks. Takes you, like, a minute to look around. You know? Right. Like it's that small. You know, where Leonard Skinner, Paul Simon, all these ridiculous. If you Google it, you can see the number of people that record there. Uh, yeah, there's, is, um, I think there's also a documentary about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that's probably what was playing on the TV in there while I was in there. 
Okay. You know, because there was a TV in there. It was playing some type of documentary. That's probably what it was. You know, about the Muscle Shoals recording studio. Yeah, which uh, has a 96% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, yeah, because it's a legendary place. You know, it's right, right. probably a... You know, it's a real pain in the ass nowadays to get there, you know? So I'm sure it was as big of a pain in the ass to get there 40 years ago, you know? <laughs> because that's the thing about that place. There's no interstate connecting to it. Okay. Like, you drive from New Orleans, you, you know, when you get to around Slidell, Louisiana, on the North Shore, you, you get on I-59 North, and you take I-59 North all the way to, like, basically getting to Tuscaloosa, where the University of Alabama is. You know, you can get there like in three hours or something. You know, three, three and a half hours. And if there was an interstate, you could get to this town probably in two hours straight. But no, you've got to go down all these two-lane highways, you know, where it's, you know, two-lane highways. So you can't just exactly be passing people. You know, you're going through these small towns. It's frigging crazy, man. It's a, it's a real pain in the ass to get there. And I will say this much. The ride back was a lot better than the ride there because you get rid of that shit first. Okay. You okay. know? when The ride there, like, it's like, oh, they say this takes six and a half hours, you know? Because I asked people, like, oh, six, six and a half hours. But I think six and a half hours is basically as good as you can do it. Unless you go when absolutely nobody's on the roads. But when is that ever going to happen? Because yes. I didn't stop. I just went straight through and it took me six and a half hours. That's a rough, that's kind of a rough ride. Yeah. And, you know, it's all this hilly, beautiful country land. You know, you're the, it's Tennessee Valley, you know, all that stuff, you know. And, like, when you get to Tuscaloosa, you're like, oh, they say it takes this long. Well, I'm already here. I'm already in northern Alabama. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's like, ah, uh, then you realize as you go through all these little bullshit towns with their, uh, ever-changing speed limits from 65 <laughs> to 55 to 45 to 35, you know? Right. Uh, and then, like, you know, I had the directions straight from the bride, you know? It was like, uh, and then you're going to come to a town called Russellville, and it's like, don't speed through this town, like the town with the <laughs> reputation right. for, like, pulling you over. And that's the other thing I'm thinking in the back of my head. It's like, I'm going to... Uh, like, oh man, I might get pulled over just for having Louisiana plates, you know? Right. So, uh, the funny thing is, on the way there, uh, it was a highway I was on, and this stretch of the highway is probably like 40 miles, but it's literally rolling hills, you know? Like, just dips, you know, rises in valleys for a while, you know? Yeah. Because you're in the hills there. And, uh, and I was behind this white truck and the white truck wasn't going that fast or as fast as he wanted to go or as fast as I wanted to go. And then he, uh, he zipped around the car in front of him and then I, and then I zipped around that car, you know, cause there was nobody coming the other way. And as I zipped around that car, I noticed that Louisiana plates. I was like, well, these people are probably going to the wedding, <laughs> you know, because who knows? We have Louisiana plates here, you know? Right, this far up. Yeah. So later that night, you know, back at the hotel bar, wherever they were in a little party, I was talking to uh, this guy, Brian, who's married to one of uh, the girls I went to law school with who was in the wedding. And Brian was with uh, 
you know, the in-laws who were also invited to the wedding, the girl Lizzie's parents. And, I, you know, we're talking about, oh, yeah, this place is overrun with Louisiana people, the hotel we were at, you know. I was like seeing all these, uh, you know, Louisiana plates and you're seeing the school stickers. I was like, yeah, I got my big J on the car. And they're like, they're like oh, you, you drive a <laughs> silver Camry? I was like, yeah, they're like, oh, you're the one that passed us on the highway. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, that was y'all. I knew, I knew it was somebody going this way. And I was like, y'all were just gone too damn slow. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, Lizzie called us and had us afraid that the cops were going to pull us over. I was like, yeah, that town was like 50, 50 miles away from there. <laughs> <laughs> it took them 18 and a half hours to get there because they went 35 miles the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But I remember when I passed them, I was like, these people are probably going to win. I was like, I got to speed past them that I'm so far <laughs> ahead of them that they won't, you know, because the worst thing is if we're going to the same place that I'm just in front of them, they're behind me the whole rest of the way. Right. I was like, I got to zip past them because I got to right. make it seem like it was worth getting past them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, when I run, I, um, I run so slow that a fast speed walker yeah. can give me a run for the month for my money. So on the boardwalk, it's second only to shopping malls up here in terms of old people walking. Yeah. So if I'm on the tail end of a pretty long run, I'm pretty tired and pretty slow. And if I happen to catch up or meet up or get behind a speed walker who is going just a step slower than I am, but I could comfortably cruise behind them for, you know, a couple hundred yards, I'm like, all right, I just got to kick it in the kick in the extra gear <laughs> and get around these old people. Yeah. But the problem that I have is I'll get ahead of them. I'll get ahead of them by, by a pretty good distance because I'm, I'm still running, you know? No matter how slow I am, it's at a pace that's greater than a walk. Yes. But I have to piss all the time, and it's the boardwalk, so there's bathrooms every half mile. So I can duck in and duck out without really losing too much time, but I do lose just enough time for those speed walkers to catch back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the funny thing is, like, this is, like, rural, like, <clears throat> southern gothic Alabama. That Like, the direction. She's like, you're going to come through some small towns. Haleyville, Bear Creek, and Phil Campbell. A town was literally named Phil Campbell. <laughs> I was like, I, I was joking about that the whole weekend. I was like, oh, you're now entering Phil Campbell. Sounds like a gay porn. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and then in the 1865, when the Union troops finally pulled out of Phil Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, but the funniest thing that happened now it's funny. Well, it'll be real. It will. It'll be more funny when, when this is all said and done. Okay. So the week before the wedding, you know, I had made a reservation at the hotel anyway. You know, I, I did a while back. I had hopes that maybe I'd be gone to the wedding with somebody, but that wasn't going to happen. But okay. regardless, I was like, well, I need a room there anyway, and I'm going to go. So I was like, screw it. I don't care. Uh, I'll eat it. I'll pay for my own room for two nights. Well, the, literally, like, on maybe the Monday or Tuesday before the wedding, 
uh, I get a text message from this guy I went to law school with. Us. He, he lives in Houston, but he's a notorious, like, flake. You know? Okay. Like, he's not like a hippie or anything. He's just flaky. No, no, I got you. You know? Gotcha. And uh, he sends a text to me and one other guy. Like, oh, I heard y'all going to wed- the wedding. Would either one of you want to split a room? And I'm like, fuck. For one, the other guy I knew was bringing his boyfriend. You know? And it was probably only going to come up there, you know? Uh, I was like, fuck, I know that guy's coming with his partner, and now it's going to be on me to split a room with this guy. And I'm like, I, my problem was, one, I was like, fuck it. I'm, I don't mind staying in a room myself. The other thing, I was like, this guy might not show up. Then I'll be, you know, that was one of my problems. I'll be on the hook for that. i like, we split a room. I'd rather me owe him the money than him owe me the money because I can't trust him for that shit. Well, eventually I'm like, all right, because I felt guilty. Because he's like, yeah, I just lost my job. It ends at the end of the month, so I'm trying to save some money anyway. I was like, all right, I'll split the room with you. I don't care. All right, because I was like, all right, I'll still save me like 100-something bucks, you know? Right. So, but first thing I tell him, I'm like, dude, uh, if I'm going to cancel my reservation, you better not screw me, you know? And not show up. And then I get there and they're like, oh, we don't have any rooms left. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's like, no, I'm definitely going. I'm definitely going. He's like, I'll, I'll put your name on the room. I was like, all right. So he's, so I get an email, you know, confirming that my name's on the room. And unbeknownst to me, the day I'm driving up there, because he's texting me, apparently, even though the hotel sent me a thing showing my name was on the room, it wasn't on there uh, before, like, in the 30 minutes before I got to the hotel, which was going to be a problem, but I didn't know this. He's like, yeah, I called, and when I found out you were going to beat me here, I called him, and you weren't even on the hotel list yet, you know? I was like, oh, that would have been a real problem. So he got me on there, but unfortunately, I got there before him, so I had to put down my credit card, you know? <laughs> Ugh. I was like, all right, well, I guess it's going to be on me now. No good deed goes unpunished. Yes. So, so, uh, at one point on the weekend, he gives me like a hundred bucks, you know? And then on that Sunday before leaving, he's like, uh, one, he shows up, he flew from Houston to Birmingham and then he drove up to the wedding from there. Because he had friends in Birmingham anyway. But when you go out there, you either fly to Birmingham and Nashville. But he has friends in Birmingham. He shows up to the room like 20 minutes after I got there. He's got a ridiculous amount of luggage. You know? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here, man? Thing is, his, his aunt works for like one of the airlines. So he flies free or something everywhere. So I okay. guess he doesn't concern himself with having to worry about efficient packing. Right, but it's right. still crazy, you know. But he he's like, oh well, uh, I can write you the rest on a check, which is weird that he has a checkbook with him. <laughs> you know, all the shit you packed, and you actually packed a checkbook. Right, you know. Right. I would have gone a step further to say, wow, it's weird that he has a checkbook. Because if you asked me to write you a check right now, yeah, uh, I'd have to ask for a thirty day extension because I have no idea where my checkbook is. Well. Funny thing about that, I have a checkbook and I keep it in my car because sometimes if I'm at court or something, I'll have to write out a check for a filing fee. Okay. You know, and that's the real reason I have it. That's why it's in my car. 
You know, and I'll just go get reimbursed from my boss or something. But like two weeks ago, I ran out of checks and I'm like, I don't know where the refills are. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that was a real pain in the ass trying to find that. And luckily I found it because it's like, that's how long it goes between checks. Right. You know, it takes a long time to run through checks for me because I write them so rarely. Um, Sorry, go ahead. So he writes you a check. Yeah, so he writes me a check. And the first red flag should have been the address on the check was Guam. Because <laughs> this is a guy who's taking the bar exam. I think he's taking it twice in Louisiana, twice in Texas. Still hasn't passed. Okay. Uh, I think he plans to take it again in February. But he had got some job through the U.S. government in Guam after law school. It was like one of these predetermined stents where he was going to be over there for two years or something, you know? Okay. The job was going to end. So he has Guam checks. But uh, funny thing about the bar exam, I asked him, I was like, you, how's that coming? You're going to take the bar again? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I took it last time, and I thought I did all right, you know, and, and I was surprised. He's like, I, I drove up to Austin to meet with the examiners, you know, and I was like, what's going on here? You know, I thought I did all right. And, and I'm like, well, what did they tell you? He's like, well, they told me I didn't study enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. He's like, no, that's what they really told me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so anyway. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. You can, can you appeal your bar score? Uh, your bar exam score? Well, you know, I think in Louisiana, if you have like a, if you score a 68 or 69 on a section, you can go and ask them to look over it, you know? Because 70 is the cutoff. Okay. You know, but I, I've heard the problem with that sometimes. Because I, I have heard stories about people that did go and have them reassess a test where they scored like 68 or 69 and, and it put them over. But I heard the other side of it is, you know, that are you leaving them open to, you know, looking for other stuff and other tests, you know? Like, like, you can like go other- look at your test. I know that much. I don't know what they do in Texas, you know? But I know, okay. I'm pretty sure anywhere you can probably go look at your test. I didn't go look at it because I was like, why don't I look at it? What if they realize they fucked up, you know? <laughs> right. Be like, it seems like open yourself up. And there are people who passed who went to go look at their test. I'm like, why? Why do you yeah. care? You passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would I, You'd only go if you failed the test. Yes, but there are... You know how they're freaks out there. You know, people that these these uptight people that need to know. I'm like, why do you care which seven out of nine tests you passed? You know, whether right. you or if you passed all nine, who cares? Just be happy. Because what if you go in there like, oh, we fucked up. You actually failed this test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. You didn't really pass. You know, it's like, no, like get over it. You're never going to need to know most of that shit again anyway. All right. All right. So Johnny Guam goes to uh, yes. take the bar exam. Well, uh, but that was just a little side note there. Yeah. So on a Sunday, he's like, well, I owe you $80. So he writes me a check, which I thought was weird. But I was like, okay. Well, like on Sunday night or Monday, I deposit. I did the photo deposit through my phone, you know, where you can take a picture of the check and it deposits through the app. Do you know of this technology? 
<laughs> I do know of this technology. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening. All right. Intently. All right. So I did that, you know. Well, like Tuesday, I get a text message from him. He's like, oh, no, I think that check's going to bounce. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, it already cleared through my bank. He's like, yeah, well, I got a note saying it's going to bounce. He's like, I got to write you a new check. You know, I was like, don't write me a new check. I was like, let's do PayPal or something, you know? Because why am I going to take another check from him? Yeah. Listen, you got to be in rough shape to bounce a check. I was a month away from being homeless and two weeks away from seriously being bankrupt. Not declaring bankruptcy, but yeah. but having not enough money to cover anything, let alone everything. Yes. <laughs> And, um, and my account got, um, got turned upside down a little bit, but I still had enough that I wasn't bouncing checks. Yeah. Well, he's like, I just, he's like the money and I can't believe him like this because he is a screwball. He's like, I thought it was in one account. It was another cause instead of just having like one account, he probably has multiple you know, because that's right. that's the most ridiculous way to handle your finances, <laughs> especially when you have no money, you know? Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, let's hold off until we hear something, you know? Right. Uh, well, then Thursday, I, I go online and, and I'm like, oh, well, there it is. I go check it. Uh, I wrote to, I sent him a text. I was like, well, your check officially bounced today, you know? Right. And he's like, oh, uh, all right. Uh, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He's like, I'll take care of this. Uh, I was like, all right, there'll probably be NSF charges. He's like, I don't know why there'd be NSF charges. I was like, but of course <laughs> there was. When it came up, it was like $90. It was $80 plus $10 for the NSF charges, which I don't understand why I get punished for his fuck up, you know? Yeah, that is kind of fucked up. It makes no sense that I get punished. It's not like I did anything wrong, you know. It's like we're gonna take, we're gonna punish you because that guy obviously doesn't have money. <laughs> right, right. Even though he's getting punished by his bank, why am I being punished? So exactly. So he PayPal'd me ninety bucks, uh, you know, and he's like, "I'm just so so sorry about this." Blah blah blah. I was like, "I should have known better." Should have never taken a check with a Guam address. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the other side of it is that the PayPal money still hasn't cleared. That's what I'm saying. It's funny right now, but it's not really going to be funny till I get the notification from PayPal that that $90 is actually $90. <laughs> it's funny with an asterisk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's funny adjacent. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Speaking of funny... I don't want to cut you off, but I got sidetracked um, briefly for a second because um, I got a text message, and I think we might have talked about this um, last week. Maybe you and I were just um, chatting, but I don't think we were we um, we were recording, or I don't think I made this public. But um, I'm moving back into the house, uh, hopefully Labor Day weekend. Yes, and. I will be I'll be joined by one um, Roscoe Michael J Roscoe Vincent. Yes, yes. 
He's making his way down. I don't know. Did we talk about that? Yeah, we did talk about this. Okay. All right. So he's coming. He's coming down, and I've been helping him get uh, uh, get a job. You know, get like a part time job or whatever. Uh, so we've been talking all day and working on some stuff. And I said, "Hey, do you mind if I mention this on the podcast?" Because I couldn't remember if I did or not. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, no problem. That's okay." He's like, "You know, I got to." Uh, uh, he's like, I'm, I, I'd be honored to be mentioned on the podcast. And I said, oh, that's great. He says, people are going to be jealous. And I said, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then th- that's the end of our conversation. Then he says, um, I just get a, t- a text from him that says, hey, are the bed bugs gone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to the podcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, I certainly, I certainly was not, um, was not trying to. Uh, what's it called when you don't disclose something? When you don't disclose something? Yeah. What's it conceal? called? Conceal. Conceal. I wasn't trying to conceal the fact that the place had bed bugs. Yes. But it didn't didn't come up in conversation. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. basically, we're we're almost done treating them. Tomorrow's the last, uh, the last treatment. And if it's not gone tomorrow then they have to pay for another one within the two weeks so that's before the month is over god that's and a the nightmare com- huh the, the company's basically assured me that listen no place goes more than three or four treatments and i've also uh, uh i've also arranged for them to pay for the tenants to pay for any treatments that i need to make before i move back in so it's like at worst case scenario the move-in date gets delayed by a week you know it's not i'm gonna be moving back into an infested place yeah yeah, of course so it's gonna be it's gonna be cleared up but uh probably probably the least attractive thing about a potential residence is hearing that it's got bed bugs yes Especially having to hear it on a podcast. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, um, hopefully, he's still moving in, and hopefully, he is still listening to the podcast and can hear this. Um, but I, uh, I just got that little bit of news. So I thought you'd find that funny. Yeah, that is good. But what was I going to say? Ah, uh, you were t- telling oh. me about. Um, you were telling me about the, the check and the PayPal. And yeah, the- well, I mean, that was the big fear about that guy. That was one of the fears about the money issue, and that came to fruition. So I was like, oh, well, there you go. But I was trying to think about something else where we were talking about. Uh, it was in reference to what you were speaking about, though, but now I can't even think about it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh! So where did you hear that Mike Holdridge is moving to Florida? Um... Guy. Oh, okay. I mean, he's moving to Florida. He's he hasn't done it yet. I don't think. I am. uh, I'm pretty sure that he uh, he got a chick, and I'm pretty sure she lives down in Florida. If you that picture you sent me, yeah, yeah. If you look, there is a. uh, Well, there was another picture of him the other day at some other country concert with some chick. (laughs) <laughs> uh, his profile picture in that snap you sent me is a girl kissing a man. I'm assuming it's yeah. his chick kissing him. Okay. 
Well, he um, was still up there during the uh, during the Syracuse Fair where they sold the battle flags. <laughs> uh, so that you was know funny. What's funny about people in Syracuse? Well, they all love what? country music, and they all want to move to Florida. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's, and they love the Confederate battle flag. It's like there's some kind of uh, like it's a town full of uh, southern castaways or something. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Like, I've got a couple funny text messages from you over the last couple of days. Um, one of which is uh, one of which was the um, was the Confederate flag deal. Yeah, I don't know if we even talked about that. You know, no, we didn't. We didn't. I'm trying to find it. Uh, you just sent me a question, Jeopardy style. Uh, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, yes. It was Monday night, and yeah. I hadn't talked to you uh, yeah. in a couple of days, right? No, I, Sunday. You te- you sent me the um, Sandersville. Yeah, text. yeah, the Sandersville photo when I was coming back through Sandersville. And I get a text from you that says, uh, that says, quote, I sold out of them a month ago in Syracuse, unquote. <laughs> the next test message says, uh, if you can guess what product that quote is referring to, you win a bottle of premium apple juice, uh, premium grapefruit juice. <laughs> Should have been apple juice. <laughs> so my, my response was a Louisiana-based ticket broker referring to SULSU tickets. Yeah. Which was not the case. No. And you sent a link to a New York Times article, which I'm guessing the title, it doesn't... Bury the lead. What the, was title the title is Con- Confederate flags. Confederate flag debate reaches New York County Fair. But you must have said, "Oh, uh, yeah." So the article's got everything you need to know in it. But you you annotate the link by saying Confederate flags at the New York County Fair. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it, that was a great line because eh? you know they they were at. I don't know where they were, Ulster or something, you know, and and they're taught and there was one vendor, you know, and people couldn't get Confederate flags from him. You know, it's like, oh, you don't have Confederate flags? He's like, No, we sold out all <laughs> sold them all out at Syracuse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I just start thinking about who do we know up there that's buying those Confederate flags? <laughs> uh, you know what's so funny is I, I love that place so much, and I find so much value in the you know the the University Hill community and and downtown. But it's it's got that element, man. Yeah, it just got that element. It's just a little backwards. Yep. You know how many Confederate flags I saw driving through. Driving to Florence, Alabama, and back. Uh, I can imagine all of them, probably. Uh, yes, all of them. Well, no, because the rest were in Syracuse. All right. <laughs> but like they had car trucks with big Confederate flags attached, which I'm sure that there's even more so now because of the anti-flag thing. Oh, I'm sure. So there's probably people waving them more proudly now. You know. Right. Right. So it's ridiculous. Guys, good times, good times. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, oh shit. Oh shit. You know, the biggest... What's that? The biggest issue <laughs> of flying solo these days is that tick removal is a really big problem. <laughs> you have a tick? Uh, I can't tell because it's on the back of my leg, and this is what I have to do. Oh, I have man. to take pictures of my undercarriage all the time. Oh, God. To find out if it's a tick bite or not. Where are you getting ticks from? Oh, man, Jersey's, like, the ticket capital of the world. Uh, do you have really, like, high grasses and stuff? Yeah. Oh, hmm, that's terrible. I don't need to worry about ticks where I am. I mean, they. my dad got a tick bite because he lives over there in Mississippi, you know, where it's friggin', you know, just grassy, you know, pasture land and all that shit. He, even, he got Lyme disease a few years ago. That's... You know, that's so strange. Um, a long time ago, when I was like in elementary school, there was a chick in my town who got Lyme disease, and it was like, maybe she was going to die. Yeah. And it was all kinds of experimental treatments, Damn. and she was like the poster child, and I, maybe a little bit of it was propaganda. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. a little bit of it was, was true. And then... Um, a few years later, Jeremy ended up getting Lyme disease. Ah, uh, that's terrible. I won't say anything bad or make any jokes about it because I'm already on his bad side. <laughs> he ended up having to miss school for a while. Well, that sounds kind of um, cool. No, it sucked. He was on IV and yeah. he, he like was always hooked up. But now... Was he getting like the cell, was it cellulosis or whatever? Uh, yes. It starts eating away at your skin and stuff. Yeah, in his knee. Yeah, your That's tissue. Yeah. Yep. Damn. So th then um, he was out of school for a while. But now it's like, you know, they treat you and it, it's gone in whatever, you know, a yeah. couple weeks. Two weeks, four weeks, See, whatever it is. See, my dad, it could have been fatal because he's over there by himself. It was my sister was coming back with her daughter coming back from the beach in Alabama, whatever, and they stopped by. And my sister's like, "That's severe, you know," because my sister's a nurse. Like she's like, "You got to do something about that," because he was just letting it fester, you know. Yeah. And and then it was taken care of, but like he, if not for her passing through, it might have got too far. You know, because when you're like your situation, when you're alone, yeah, you know, yeah. Hmm. Well, good news. I took a picture of it, and it looks like it's probably just an ingrown hair. So. Uh, okay, yeah. Because what do you? I mean, what do they say? Like, yeah. Well, they would say put cigarette burns on them, right? Didn't they say that that used to be one of the ways you get them out? Oh, uh, Vaseline was what I had heard. Yeah, well, there, there were multiple, but I heard that one about, like, because with dogs and kids, I was like, and allegedly it would scare the tick to back out if you burned it or something, you know? Well, yeah, but then you got to burn the dog. Yeah, I know. It sounds crazy to me. Jeez. Um, you think the first person that got Lyme disease when they were in Lyme, Connecticut, they just called it disease? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thank you. Liv will be here all the week. Yes. Tip your waitresses. Try the veal. It's it's just like the Lou Gehrig thing, you know. 
Oh, what do you have? I have disease. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a name for it yet. Uh, Well, the one story that I want to tell, I pretty much have nothing more, but we teased it before we were talking. So last night I took Uber for the first time ever. Okay. All right. So my story about, even though the Uber surge pricing was ridiculous, whatever, Fortunately, I had a twenty dollars credit that made it not that ridiculous. Yeah, no, wait, nobody heard, nobody heard any of that. So, t- t- and and I forgot a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, so you went out last night. Last and- night I went out, and I was gonna. I had the. I was meeting them at this uh, this micro brewery, craft brewery place that's got a uh, a little bar in it called the tap room. Well, it's not little, but it's actually decent size where they serve all the beers they make in there, you know, and it's a pretty cool place. The, the brewery has been open for a couple, a few years, but they just opened this new thing. They, in a building right next door and they just opened like two months ago. So it was the first time I was gone there and a friend was having her birthday. So she wanted the, everybody to meet her there. So we went there. Um, but I didn't want to drive there because I knew I was going to be drinking. You know, I was like, I could drive there and then maybe get Uber or cab home. But I'm like, then I'll have to deal with getting my car next day. I was yep. like, I can take public transit there. And I start looking at the options for public transit. And it was just way too frigging convoluted, the whole way to get there. You know, streetcars and buses and bullshit. I was like, fuck it. I'll just take Uber there. Because the, the other thing is. It's easier to get an Uber, even though I'd never done it before. I knew it was easier to get an Uber to my house than getting a cab to my house. You know? Right. Because cabbies, I don't know, they're such, they're so temperamental and it's all kinds of shit going on with them now, you know? Yeah. So I, the guy comes, the Uber guy, uh, but before I get it, it says, this is going to be surge pricing. It's like seven something at night. 2.1 times what it normally costs. And based on what I thought it was going to be, I was like, all right, it looks like it's going to be 16 bucks or something. Well, um, the guy picks me up and he, he doesn't even, he was cool, but he's gone based strictly on his GPS on his phone. You know, even though I could have told him he was doing the wrong shit right away. And I was like, wait, what are you doing? You know, but he, uh, and then we got out cause they're doing all this construction to one of the main roads and you can't get across it to, to go the other to take a left, you know, which is what okay. he was trying to do. Right. And I was like, oh, man. So he ended up going like more than a mile out of his way. And, of course, that's how the pricing system's all figured out, you know. Yeah. Is based on how far you go. So it's like I'm getting charged for him being lost, which kind of sucked. Why didn't he listen to you in the first place? Because, well, this is the thing. We get in the car. And I'm like, oh, you want to turn here? But then I realized he just keeps going straight. I was like, oh, he's dependent on this friggin' on this app, you know, on the GPS thing on the phone. And at that point, you know, I'm only a couple of blocks off. It was too far that he had to go and do the roundabout thing. I'm like, fuck, you know? Right. I was like, dude, you're not going to be able to go that way. I was like, and then I had to show him where he's got to go to get off as soon as possible and, you know, mitigate the friggin' error that he's already gotten into you know yeah 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 so uh so he did take care of that he was a really he was a good dude nice guy uh lived not too far from where i grew up you know blah 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 we're talking about whatever which is 
definitely the uh, the benefit over being in a cab. Usually you're in a cab and you're listening to the BBC International or they're on their Bluetooth talking to some guy back in Pakistan. Ah, uh, that's or, the worst. Or some bullshit. They're so unfriendly, you yeah. know? So, um, so anyway, he takes me there and then I get the email which says your receipt and I look at him like, 27 or 28, whatever it was, you know? I'm like, what the fuck? And then it goes down and says, final bill 886, and then there was like a $20 credit for it being my first Uber ride ever, you know? Okay. I was like, all right, well, that makes it bearable, but I'm like, that it really would have cost me $29 friggin' dollars to get out here? You might as well have taken a petty cab. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh... At the end of the night when I went home, which was like at one something in the morning, I got the receipt, and I think it was 17-something, because the surge price at that point was one point whatever. I was like, well, that's more bearable, you know? Right, right. I'll deal with that. But I didn't understand. To me, I could, I didn't understand how the hell it was so expensive so early in the night. I'm like, how many people are getting Uber? You know, my theory, my feeling is the busiest time would be later in the night, you know? Yeah. Like around one o'clock, like when I was coming back, it was more expensive at seven o'clock than it was at one in the morning, which blew I, me away. I think it's become such a phenomenon that people take it everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, it because, just got to New Orleans recently because there was a big pissing contest because of the cabbies and all that shit, you know? It's almost like it's, um, you know, what I heard the analogy, um, it's modern day hitchhiking. Yeah. So there's like, there's a panache to it. You yeah. You know, like, there's like, I'm in on this thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a, you know what? It is a lot more convenient than dealing with the cabs, though. Because, like, before this, I have a cab number on the phone. You call them, and sometimes you got to keep calling them because you can't get through, you know? Yeah, and the dispatchers are always bitches. Yeah, they're always like, well, you're going to have to hold on. You know, like, yeah, they're always like as if like you should feel like an asshole because you're trying to pay for a ride somewhere. Right. Be outside. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this relates back to my last experience which is with cabs, which was two weeks ago. It was... Uh, they had a thing called White Lennon Night. I went out with Jordan and and uh, his people, uh, but but then I broke off to go meet my buddy Gagne because his wife was coming down on him, and I don't. And he's like, "Liv, you can just get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Good." So anyway, we were in downtown, and uh, and then we ended up at this bar. We were going to go to, but the bar was so friggin' packed because everybody was down for this white linen night thing. And it was after it was done. So the bars were just packed beyond, you know, capacity. Okay. So, so it was like a group of five of us or something. And we go up and there was this minivan cab, you know, and there was a girl who was already getting in the cab who we didn't know, you know, and we're like, well, we want to get the cab too. And the guy's like, well, I will only go as far as Jackson Magazine. And he's like, $5 a piece, which we want to go further down magazine. We want to go to this bar called Henry's, which where we were gone, Jackson Magazine is like the 2000 block 
you know, because my office is near Jackson on Britannia. Okay. You know, that's like, and the bar we were going to is probably another 30 blocks away, but all in the same street, you know, but okay, not that yeah, far. Yeah. Right. You know, and the guy's like, no. And I'm like, let's not take this. They're like, no, no, we'll take it. He'll, he'll, he'll give us a ride the rest of the way. I was like, I was like, he's fucking us. He's charging us $25 to take us a friggin' mile, you know? Right. And not where you want to go. Yes, a mile for $25 friggin' dollars. So we get there, and that girl, get the girl that got the cab, she gets out of there because that, she's the one negotiating going that far. Because all these fucking asshole cab drivers, all they want to do, and I mean, not to sound like a jerk, but it's mostly the immigrant guys, you know? down there all Uh they want to do is hop between bars and and french and downtown hotels they don't want to they don't want to like go anywhere further you know right which is bullshit because technically they're licensed in new orleans they have to bring you wherever you want to go within new orleans okay you know i mean because that's what their license is for i mean if i'm telling them i'll go to metairie they don't have to take me to metairie but they right. definitely have to take me somewhere in New Orleans. <laughs> That's the purpose of a cab. Yes. And it's always a pain in the ass with these assholes because they always have all kinds of restrictions on them and shit. And their big fear is, well, well I'm not going to make any money on the way back, you yeah. know, which is yeah, bullshit. Yeah. So we get out there and I knew we weren't going to get any further with him, but I was like, fuck it. And I wasn't even drunk. You know, I had a few beers, but I wasn't drunk, but I was like, this shit just it just pisses me off. He wants $25 to bring us a mile and not bring us any further. And I was like, dude, I was like, you got to bring us further. And he's like, no, I do not have to. I'm like, yes, you do. I was like, that's your fucking job. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you have to. And I'm like, he's like, that was our deal. I was like, fuck you. That's not our deal. Your deal is that you're licensed by the city of New Orleans. You got to bring me anywhere in the city of New Orleans. Uh, you know he turned the meter off i was like this is bullshit and i was like fuck you you know and i and i was taking pictures of the number i was like i'm gonna report your ass you know (laughs) and i and i just let him have it and i he's like i don't understand i was like i was like yeah because you're a fucking scumbag you know (laughs) (laughs) And and then i walked away and they're like Everybody's like, man, Liv, you're out of control. I was like, I was like, sorry, dude. That was just cathartic to tell that guy because those guys are such fucking assholes. You know, I was like, yeah. and they want to know why Uber's fucking pushing them out. And they all want to prevent Uber from coming in here. You know what? I'll take a million Uber rides before I deal with these cabbies again because they're fucking assholes. You know? Yeah, it's true. The, um, the few times I've ever lost it in public have been at the expense of a cabbie who yeah. wasn't willing to play ball. And all they want to do, and that's what all these assholes want to do. They want to sit down and just drive tourists around from hotels to bars and bars and hotels. It's like your job isn't to cater the downtown tourist, you know? Right. Like, uh, and I talked about it with Jacob, and he was, t- you know, they live on the West Bank. Uh, Jacob lives on the West Bank, and he was with our buddy Maru, who also lives over there. And they were down there for something. He was talking about how many cabbies he had to go through before he found somebody that would bring them to the West Bank. Right. Oh, I won't go to Algiers. They have all these conditions, all this shit they won't do. And (laughs) all they want to do is stay right in downtown New Orleans. It's like, I don't get it. You're making money, you know? It's like, yes, but uh, they're just such assholes. You know, and then 
And then, of course, later on, they're like, you're going to report that guy? I was like, no, I'm not going to report him. I'm a lawyer. I don't want that shit coming up, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not reporting that asshole. But at least, you know, you know, at least I got my two cents in with him. And then later that night, I ended up at a different bar. It was around four in the morning or whatever. And I did try to get an Uber. Although I didn't realize I tried to get an Uber, but apparently I did. But there was no Uber cars available. But I got and some guy comes walking to a bar and he's like, he's like, anybody need a ride? I was like, yeah, I need one. He's like, he's like, I'm not Uber, I'm Goober. And he's like some sixty-something-year-old New Orleans guy. <laughs> and I, I was like, all right. I was like, I need to go there. How much? He's like ten bucks. I was like, all right. Hopped <laughs> in the car. He brought me home for ten bucks. Perfect. Which before Uber. That's a con. I mean, I've done that several times in the course of my adulthood in New Orleans. These gypsy cab drivers. Yeah, yeah, hacks. Yeah, they're always there. And this was like four in the morning. They're always around these type of these types of places, like the type of place I was in. And I think I've taken a gypsy cab ride from that place, you know, at least a couple of times in my life beforehand because they know people are there and it's hard to get rides at that time of night, you know? Now, are they like livery cabs or are they just a dude with a car? Just a dude with a car. Uh, see, when I lived in Brooklyn or even um, when I was in Weehawken, the uh, New York City cabs won't take you outside of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you double the fare you have a 50-50 shot of getting them to do it. Which will cost you like 60 bucks or something. Huh? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, so there would be livery cab drivers, private. Yeah, like the town know, cars and stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would swoop in and try to pick up fares in Manhattan, but the, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you need yeah. a medallion. And but, these guys are illegal, you know? These dudes are doing the same thing. It's illegal. Yeah, but at least the livery cab I'm jumping in has a license plate that says livery. Yeah, you know, yeah. livery. I have and a feeling this guy must just do it all the time. You know, he probably makes a little, you know, makes a little cash on weekends doing it. You know, but no different than Uber. Yep. Yeah, other I was like, than, I don't understand really the difference between it and Uber. You know, other than the fact that you probably, I would feel a little more secure. Yeah. If I was just Joe, you know. Joe, yeah, I mean, Joe he was like, a, I, I spoke to the guy the whole way home. He was like a 62 year old dude. You know, it's not like, you know, he didn't really scare me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. At that it point. A, it was definitely a uh, calculated risk, I guess. Yeah, and, and maybe down there, um, it's something I probably would would be apt to do a little more. Yeah, but, um, yeah, when I was staying with Steve-O, what was that? That was 2008. He was living in Hackensack at the time in his condo before... He bought his house, and I had to get to JFK Airport, and that was the only way to get there. It was one of those livery services, because my flight was way early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I think I had to pay like a hundred bucks for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're expensive unless they're off the clock, and he's looking to put some money in his pocket. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Deal yeah. with them. But I need to like plan for it, you know. <laughs> right, you can just step out of your house. Yeah, it's like all right, cap. pick me up here at Hackensack. At- 5.30 in the morning or whatever it was. You know, something stupid like that, you know? Right, right, right. I was like, damn, I was like, 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the price of doing business when you're not doing business. Yes. But, um, 
but that's all I got, man. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, good stuff. Good, good spot to end on. Uh, in my mind, I came in uh, thinking, unless I got a little more work to do tonight, um, I got a big, big uh, grant proposal due tomorrow, which I still have a bunch more work to do on it. And I said, I don't got much, that much to talk about. We'll keep it short. We'll keep it tight. But the time flies, buddy. Yeah, well, actually, I did want to say one other thing. I want to make a recommendation. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, Wednesday night, because I'll say this much. I went to go see this movie on Wednesday night, thinking the movie I wasn't going to see, which I hadn't seen yet, would still be in the theaters. But this okay. week, Jurassic World was no longer in the theaters down here. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I still haven't seen it. You haven't I'm, seen it yet? No, just because I've been so busy with other stuff. Okay, all you know, right. And, uh, I was like, oh, it'll still be in the theaters this weekend. So I went to go see Ant-Man, or as black people and people from New England call it, Ant-Man. <laughs> uh, and I will say, if you're looking to see a movie, go see that flick. Paul Rudd brings it, man. Yeah, he's good? Yeah, it's, it's a, it is a Marvel Comics movie, but it's a lot more light you know and it's pretty funny like they got a, they got it's a good movie it was good it's not as serious as the other i love all the uh marvel movies for the most part or most of the big ones the avengers and all that stuff okay but it's uh but even though it's gonna work into that canon it's you know it's it handles everything with way more sense of humor you know all right doesn't take itself so seriously yeah 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 so i definitely think you should see it and if you notice uh, one cameo in the movie, I hope you'll notice and I hope you'll get it just like I got it. And if not, we can talk about it later. But I say go see it. But yes, I haven't seen Jurassic World and I can't believe it's not in a theater anymore. Well, on that note then. God. All right. <laughs> pathetic, my friend. Pathetic. Yes, truly pathetic. Um, all right. Then on that note, uh, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. Sorry about the bedbugs, Roscoe. <laughs> <laughs>